inside us. The blood, God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for bringing us together once again. We thank you, Father God, that we are living, God. We are living because of you, God, because of your word, God. Your word quickens us. Your word brings life unto us. Now, Lord, as we get into the word of God on today, I thank you that your people's hearts are open and receptive to receive, God, from you to receive what you have to say unto them. I bind, God, every hindering spirit, God, every mind-boggling spirit every spirit God that will come to harass on today that will come God to put sleep upon our eyelids I rebuke right now in the name of Jesus and I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us and for that God we give you glory we give you honor and we give you praise in Jesus name amen amen We're going to go forward with the word, but I'm going to be obedient to God. Monica, can you step up here for a minute? Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we honor your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Take rest in me, Athea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a rest that God want to give his people. And that rest came through Jesus. And the only thing we have to do is take rest in what he has done. And sometimes we fight against what he has done and we cannot receive everything that God has already given us because we're putting ourselves in the equation. When you're resting in him, it's not about you. It's all about what he's done. And the only way you're going to know what he's done is through the word. And the more you get into the word, I assure you, you can take rest. Some of us are not resting because we're not where we need to be even in him. Let him, let him rest upon you. Amen. 
God, we thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Wait a minute. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Glory. You know, some people sometimes think it don't take all that. Let God work. Let God do what he need to do. Amen. Quit speculating. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. surrender we've been trying to do too many things on our own and it's wearing you out I see you tired I see you frustrated I see you aggravated and it's those devils that's trying to stop you from your purpose but lift those hands he's going to strengthen you right now Sing it with me.
Teresa, step right there in the middle of the aisle, sweetie. Just lift your arms and say, take rest in me. Say, I give everything to you and just receive his rest. Just receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Glory. There is a rest. Hallelujah. Glory. Perfect atmosphere for that word that you've been longing for. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Lift those hands in the house of the Lord. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. I believe God is calling for us to lift our hands and surrender. We've been trying to do too many things on our own. Amen. And it's wearing you out. I see you tired. I see you frustrated. I see you aggravated. It's, it's those devils that's trying to stop you from your purpose. But lift those hands. He's going to strengthen Amen. you right now. Amen. God is saying, take rest. We as the people of God need to take rest. And then we won't be so worn out. Sometimes being worn out comes from us. Because God is the one that give us what we need to endure. And we're not worn out in him. It's time to take rest. It's time to stop trying to do it ourselves and allow him to do what he need to do in us and through us. But the most important thing is it takes the word. You cannot do it without the word. And some of us been trying to do it without the word. And we've been saying that we're doing it the way God would have us to do it. But it's not him, it's us. With him, you don't get tired. Not spiritually. You may have a, a physical tiredness, but when God's spirit come in and overtake that, you can keep it moving. You can press your way through. Amen. God is so, so good. He knows what we need. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 While we waiting on the Lord to finish with Lisa, I want you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 15. And we want to hear what the Lord has to say to us on the day through the word, because we all need the word of God, the word of life. Amen. We are nothing without this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And I want you to go down to verse. I want to start at verse 15. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 15, beginning at verse 15. Hallelujah. And the word of God reads, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering, 
Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. I want to talk about this morning. Eat, digest, and speak. Eat, digest, and speak. We want to hear what God has to say dealing with this word because some of us are eating, but we're not digesting it and we're speaking it the wrong way. Because we're speaking out of the flesh and not speaking according to the spirit. So God wants us to be able to eat, digest, and speak. God's word will not. This is a promise from God. He says in the book of Isaiah that his word will not come back unto us void. That means empty. But it's going to go out and accomplish that which he pleased and prosper. That means succeed in the thing that he has sent it to do. See, God's word is not coming back to him empty. It's coming back to him because it's done everything it need to do. That's Jesus. Jesus didn't go to be with the father, go back to the father without accomplishing, without completing the work. Y'all better hear this, that God sent him to do. Jesus could not go back to the father until he done and accomplished everything that God sent him to do. And when he went back to the father, guess what? He could sit. He could rest. Why? Because it was done. Come on. When we rest, we know what's already done. We're not out there trying to get it done. We're not out there trying to make it happen because we know that we have spoken the word of God, the word which gives life. We speak that word and then that life rests upon Whomever we have sent it to. There's too many people running around here like a chicken with their head cut off. Don't know which way to go. But he told us he want us to look straight ahead. Not to the left, not to the right. We want to look to the author and finisher of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. This, um, what God has given me has just been radiating upon me. Because God was showing me like different scenes of different things. Honey, can I have that bag? He was showing me different things. And sometimes we don't realize where we are. And sometimes we don't realize that we as saints are not serving God the way that we need to serve him. Is everybody familiar with this box? Do anyone eat this? Some people eat it, right? Some people eat other cereal, right? But this box says, naturally flavored honey nut Cheerios. Made with real honey. Can you believe that? And it said it can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart healthy diet. So people go get these Cheerios for lowering cholesterol, right? So they say, well, if I eat this, it's going to help my cholesterol get low. And they had a, the audacity said naturally flavored. Honey nut Cheerios made with real honey. So we look at the box and we take this for what it is. Amen, somebody. And we eat it believing what it says. Amen, somebody. Because we read it, so now we believe it, so now it's in our pantry, so we 
devour it. We digest it. And then we begin to speak about, you got some Cheerios. They will lower your cholesterol. When I went and got my physical, my cholesterol was lowered. How do you know it was because of this box of Cheerios? How do you know? This is a man-made product. And it may not be naturally flavored. And it may not have real honey. How many know what real honey tastes like? For real. Do anybody know what real honey tastes like? So if you get some other type of honey, you know that's not real honey. Do you really know? Okay, there go one. How many eat these mini donuts with powdered sugar? How do they make you feel? How do they make you feel? Say it make you feel good over the top. White lips and all. But they make you feel one ain't just enough, is it, Manny? Manny, you could take that whole bag and say, give me another one. Judy, go buy some more powdered donuts. You know I like them things. Judy say, I mean, Julia say, I'm Krispy Kreme. So they go to donuts. So what do we do? We eat them. Because they give the body something that we feel like our body needed at the time, right? So then we have a neutral, neutral green bar. Hmm. It said made with real fruit. How many eat these? Why do you eat them? Because they say they are healthy. They say they're healthy. Then we have, ooh, homestyle chicken noodle soup. Homestyle chicken noodle soup. How many eat this? And when do you eat it? When you're sick or you feel a cold coming on. Go get the, bring me a can of that noodle soup. Okay. I don't know if everybody eat this. How many eat tomato and okra? Yeah. Some people eat tomato and okra, right? Don't play. You get hungry. There's nothing else in your cabinet. You're going to open this can of tomato and okra. Now, how many eat the cheeses? You right now say made with real cheese. Hundred percent, it say hundred percent real cheese, y'all. This is the stuff that we buy. Don't forget your drinks, your Coca Colas, your Pepsis. Your Mountain Dews, your sun drops. Y'all feeling it. Your body is feeling it right now as I call it out. Athea, Pepsi. Do you see that? Come here, Athea. Come here. Come here, Athea. I want you to show them how you act when you get a pep. Put that Pepsi in your hand. Show them how you act when you get a Pepsi. No, you don't need the can. Show them how you act when you get a Pepsi in your hand. you feel, Athea? All right, now. 
Make you feel good, don't it? You tasting it. Can you taste that Pepsi, girl? Why am I going here? We take things from man. We put our trust in it. Some of us don't even read what's in it until the blood pressure high. You don't read what's in nothing until your blood pressure is skyrocketed. Now you want to read some ingredients. Now you want to see how much sodium. Now you want to see how much sugar. Because if they have diagnosed you with being a diabetic, they say you can't have so much of this and so much of that. So now you want to read the box, but before you just devour it. And you believe it's okay because man says it's okay. It got real cheese, got real honey. It's got all the... Everything I need. Come on, they're making products to help you lose weight. So you go in there and it tells you that this is how many calories it have and it can help you get this way and you buy it. Because you have faith in it. Right? But when it comes to what can quicken you and bring life to you, this is one book we avoid. Some of us. And the some of us that do take it in, we still questioning, is it going to heal me? Is it going to deliver me? Is it going to set me free? Is it going to prosper me? But all of this other stuff you eat, you take heed to it. You believe and then you share it with other people and you tell other people what it will do for them. But how much of the word do you share on a daily basis that will bring eternal life? Come on. And it's free. It's free. But we share other things. We go to a restaurant and we begin to taste the food and it's so good. We'll be, you need to try this restaurant. You really need to try this restaurant. I had this and it was so good. So we send people to the restaurant, but how many people are sending people to the house of God to get his word? Come on, somebody. We put our faith more in what man says than what God has already said, what is already written. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we need spiritual food, y'all. God knows that we need physical food to sustain this body. But you need spiritual food, which comes from heaven. It will give you more than actually physical food would do. It gives you eternal life. It quickens you. It brings life to you. And this is one thing that we walk by on a daily basis. We don't pick this up. We pick the sodas up. We pick the snacks up. We go in the grocery store. When they have buy one, get one free. I can't leave you. You free. They ain't free. You got to come with me. Those are the twins, y'all. So we can't leave things in the grocery store. Even if we don't eat it, we feel like we got a freebie. That's our mindset. They ain't really gave you nothing free. So this is what God is saying. What are you eating? Whatever you eat is what you believe in. And some of us eat and don't even bless the food. 
Don't even take time to bless it. You don't know what you eat. You don't know what they put in that food. That's why God say you can eat or drink any deadly thing and it won't harm you. Because <laughs> you don't know what you're eating. You don't know what people are doing to your food. Make them mad in these restaurants. They're not taking my food back there after I done said that's not right. After Sister Nisa said it ain't burnt. You don't know what they're smearing it with. Rest Brother John's soul. I remember he said he worked in a restaurant and they made him mad. He said he took the stuff and smeared it on the floor, put it back on the bun and sent it back out. He said, I did it, Pastor. I said, John, you know that was wrong. I wasn't saved then. I said, but that was wrong and that was nasty. He said, but that's what they do. So this is why we got to put the word first and foremost because all of this It's going to fail. When this is gone, there's no more left. You got to go buy more. But the word of God lasts forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But the word of God lasts forever. I'm not saying you shouldn't eat right. Yes, you should. But when you put more faith in your food and things than you putting in God, there's something wrong. Now we want to go on a diet because the blood pressure is high. You should have known your blood pressure was going to be high eating all them pork chops and all that stuff. Everything God created is good. It's just how you indulge it. It's because we get into gluttony. Gluttony is a sin. Because we get something that's good and we can't stop eating it until we feel dizzy. We can't stop drinking it until we feel dizzy. And all of a sudden, well, I ain't going to mess with that no more. Yes, you are. Little by little, you're going to pick up the pork chop. Little by little, you're going to drink something you shouldn't be drinking because you done made up your mind. My body's okay now, so I'm going to do it again. And the reason why is because you have not subjected yourself enough to the word of God to leave it alone. Until you can get into this word and this word get into you, you're going to still do these same patterns over and over again. Amen. And I know that is so. So we're talking about Jeremiah. And the reason why I went there with these things is because our mind have to be on things above and not on things of this earth. Have y'all noticed I don't know if I'm the only one, but when it comes to food, to food, it does not taste the same. You have to sit there now and figure out what am I going to eat? It just feel like things are not the same no more. So you debating over where am I going to go to eat? What am I going to cook? How am I going to cook it? This is just not tasting like it used to taste. It's something different about what I'm eating. When I was growing up, oh, grandmother used to cook some, oh, off the chain stuff. Stuff that we didn't want for breakfast. The steak, the eggs, the ham, the, the, um, what, rice. We had some stuff for, I said, just give me some Captain Crunch. Didn't know I was eating high off the hog. I just wanted the cereal. And how many know when cereal come off of you and it's so sweet, you got the shakes? Cause that's all you're eating is sugar. And you wonder why people are getting taken out. You wonder why kids are developing stuff at an early age. Because people are feeding them sugar. They're giving them hot dogs because they don't want to cook. It's not the way it used to be. 
So this is what was going on with Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 15. As you know, Jeremiah was a prophet for the Lord. He was a mouthpiece for the Lord. God had anointed him. He had appointed him to be a prophet to the nation. You got to be anointed. You got to be appointed by God in order to walk in the fivefold. You just don't just say, this is who I am. You have to wait on the Lord. Jeremiah went through a lot because he was giving the word of the Lord. And when you're giving the word of the Lord, when you're eating the word, when you're digesting that word, you're going to begin to speak truth. You're going to be began to speak the word of God, the word of life. So they were persecuting Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was crying out to the Lord. But in chapter 15, God was letting him know, Jeremiah, the people, the Israelites have put themselves in this position. He said, I have warned them over and over again. I told them what was going to happen if they did not obey my word. Now, we're not up under the law, but it's still God's word. We still have to be obedient unto him. Some of us say, well, we're not up under the law. We're up under grace. But grace don't give you a license to sin. So God was telling them what to do. They refused to do it. They were living like the other nations. And God was letting them know, I want you to be a nation, a peculiar set of people where people look up to you and they see me as your God, not other gods. I want them to see you differently. So they did things the way the other nations done things. So Jeremiah was speaking the word of God unto them. He was letting them know what God was saying unto them. So they were mad at Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was kind of down and God began to encourage him and let him know that he was with him. But this is what Jeremiah said in 15. Oh Lord, thou knowest, remember me. How many of us, when we're going through different things, we're saying, Lord, remember me. Lord, you know what I'm going through. Lord, you know what I'm facing. One thing I like about Jeremiah, he went to God. He didn't go to anyone else because he knew God was the only one that could help him get through what he was going through. So he was saying, God, you know what's happening to me. I'm reading out the living translation. Please step in and help me. He said, punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It is for your sake that I'm suffering. So Jeremiah said, God, give me time. Don't let me die young because Jeremiah was really going through some persecution. So he was calling on the Lord. But this is what Jeremiah said. He said, when I discovered your words, King James said, when I found your words, when your words were found, how many of us have really discovered the word of God? How many of us have really found The word of God. See, you can read the word, but that don't mean you discovered it. That don't mean that you found it. Because see, when you find something, you discover something, you're looking for it. See, when you go into the word of God, you're ready to taste and see. You're ready to perceive. You're ready to understand the word of God. You're ready to get some illumination, some light, some revelation from the word of God. That's when you truly have found it. That's when you truly have discovered it. So Jeremiah have found, he have discovered the word of God. How did he know that he had found it and discovered it? Because everybody was turning against Jeremiah. Everybody was just his family, 
people that he knew, people that he was trying to help, they were turning against Jeremiah. Now, I'm not talking about people turning against you because you run your mouth too much. No. I'm talking about people turning against you because they don't want to hear the truth that you're speaking. But he said, speak truth in love. Some of us are speaking truth, but we're speaking it hatefully. We're speaking it because we want to put the other person down so we can be lifted up. I'm not talking about that kind of speaking. I'm talking about speaking truth outside of how you feel and outside of how everybody else feel about you. That's what was happening to Jeremiah. He was speaking truth because he found the word. He discovered the word. He began to understand the word. He was spending time with the word of God. When God was coming to him, giving him the word, he was eating the word. He was digesting the word. And then he began to speak the word. He did not speak anything that he did not know. Some of us are speaking what we don't know. And we think that it's God, but it's your flesh. The spirit quickens. The spirit makes alive. The flesh profit you nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And I ain't talking about tradition. Because the Bible said, traditions of men make the word of God a none effect. That mean what man have set up, not what God has set up. We got men and women setting up ministries outside of the word of God the way they want it to be and not the way God intended for it to be. We got stuff set up in churches that God didn't set up. Man have set it up according to Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. Their way of bringing forth, not God's way. And sometimes when you subject yourself to that, you think it's right. You ain't discovered the word. You have not found the word if you're going for what they're doing outside of what the word of God has to say. We got too many churches set up based on man and not based on the word. So Jeremiah said, I have found the word. I have discovered the word. Let me, I, I have to stop there. I'm going to rest there because you cannot take a verse out of the scripture and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want and read it and just give your opinion on it. You got to spend time knowing why David said the Lord is my shepherd. See, David was making that personal because God became a shepherd unto David. And he used the word shepherd because he knew what a shepherd does for his sheep. A shepherd watches over those sheep. So I cannot sit up here and try to give my opinion on what I believe. I have to come to you based on where I've been with him. And you're going to know where I've been with him based on the life that I'm living. I'm not going to be rambling on and on to try to get you to believe me. Because if I'm speaking the word, it ain't about me. It's all about him. I have to spend time in the word, not just reading it and putting it in my head, but allowing it to get in my heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. We're speaking too many things that God ain't saying. We're speaking according to how we But Jeremiah found the word. He discovered the word. And this is what he said. When I discovered your word, when I found your words, 
I devoured them. King James said, he said in King James, that word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So he devoured the word. There are my joy and my heart delight. Come on. When you devour the word of God, joy comes to your heart. You ain't thinking about your situation. See, when you eat the word and digest the word, you know you're going to speak forth nothing but the word. Because it's not going to be about who like you or who don't like you. See, that's the problem with the church. We're the church. We don't want to speak truth because we don't want to lose family. We don't want to lose, you know, sons and daughters and cousins. And we don't want to lose co-workers. So we don't want to tell them the truth. We just want to go along with the lies that they're telling because we want to be a part of that circle. But he said, in order to follow me, you got to leave father, mother, sisters, brother. You got to leave land. You got to leave all of those things for my namesake. Whoever put their hand to the plow and looked back is not worthy of the kingdom. This is why when God brought Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Come on, people don't want to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah because we know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. God was displeased with Sodom and Gomorrah because they were men sleeping with men. They had all kind of crazy stuff going on and God forewarned them, but they wouldn't take heed to his warning. So God came in to blow up Sodom and Gomorrah. This is real for today. So God was sending Abraham. He was sending them to bring out. He didn't send Abraham, but the angels went in to bring out Lot and his family. But when he brought them out, he said, don't look back. Don't look back. Lot's wife looked back because she still wanted a part of Sodom and Gomorrah and she turned into a pillar of salt. So how many of us are looking back? Instead of telling truth the way it need to be told, we worrying about how people are going to perceive us. When the Holy Spirit is moving, he said, when you, when I open my mouth, he said, he'll speak for me. He'll speak through me. So I can't take time to think about, am I going to offend Teresa? I can't do that. Because regardless if she liked me or not, I'm doing what God is telling me to do. Quit looking at their faces and stopping the word. Because everybody's face sometimes look tore up. It ain't going to look pretty. When that two-edged sword come in, it ain't going to look pretty. See, I'd rather for the word to come in and cut. I'd rather for the word to come in and root up regardless of what you think about me. Because I know I'm doing the will of God. So Jeremiah was talking about how he discovered and how he found the word and how the word made him feel because he knew he was coming in God's name. He knew this. How many of us have truly found this word and have held on to this word? When we hold on to God's word, we know that God is our protector. God is going to protect his word. He's going to protect the one carrying the word. Go back to Mary. Mary was carrying Jesus. Jesus was the one that was going to die and save the whole world from sin. Mary was carrying Jesus. She was getting persecuted. Joseph was getting persecuted. They were out to kill Jesus, but God had a plan. Mary didn't abort her baby. 
Mary didn't kill her baby because of what was going on around her. Because of people not liking what she was carrying. Mary kept moving. So we have to move forward regardless of who likes us or not. Because this word is what's going to keep you if you want to be kept. Some of us don't want to tell people nothing because, oh, I don't want to offend them. No, speak truth. The word will take care of itself. So Jeremiah was saying what the word done when he discovered the word. So when we eat the word, just like a cow, we know this illustration. Have y'all ever seen a cow? You pass by me chewing, you come two hours later, you're still chewing. Just a chewing and chewing on that same cut. Because what he doing, he rolling it over. Sometimes I think my husband be watching the cow too much. I pick on him and Kathy Newton. If them two go out to eat with us, I'm not lying. Y'all, I'm not lying. The truth be told, they can agree with me. If them ain't the longest chewing people I ever seen in my life, they never stop chewing and chewing and chewing. And one time I went out with Evangelist Newton. I had finished my food. And she said, Pastor, Pastor, why, why are you rushing? You just rushing. I'm like, how long do you want me to sit here? You still chewing. <laughs> but Kathy said, I enjoy my food. She said, I enjoy what's laid out before me. And I take time to enjoy it. I'm like, you enjoying that too much, gal. I'm going to leave you right here with that plate. And then my husband, that's what he do. He chew and chew and chew. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I say, can I have the keys? I leave him at the table. Finishing his food and I'll go ahead to the car and make me a phone call. Wait, we, we have understanding, don't we, honey? He don't mind because he's still chewing. <laughs> Shoot, I'll be done forgot what I got to say waiting on him. But what am I saying? If we can chew on food that long, how long do we sit and chew on this word? How long can we sit and wait for illumination and revelation to come from this word? We sit at tables with one another. And we sit and we eat and we talk, especially at these buffets. Done had one plate and done talked our way through that one and then go back up and get another one. Done talked your way through that one and then walk up and get another one. And now you say you're too full to drive home. But you're eating and you're talking and you're waiting. But when it comes to the word of God, we're not willing to wait to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say unto us concerning the word. So when you're eating something, the cow is steady chewing on it. He's chewing on it and he's chewing on it and he's chewing on it. And then when he swallowed it, he bring it back up. And then he chews some more and he chews some more. Why? Because he wanted well digest. So when it's well digested, it ain't coming out any kind of way. Y'all know what I mean. He ain't going to be constipated. It's going to come out just like he chewed it. Well, some of us is getting big chunks of meat. And we're just throwing it down our throat. And we're wondering why we're in the bathroom for so long. Y'all can laugh at that, right? Got to use, um, what's it called, that stuff? Fiber or something, Papa say. You got to get something else to help you do what you need to do, right? 
So we need to take this word and we really need to meditate on it. We really need to chew on it. We really need to study it. Just don't take a verse of scripture and go with that scripture without studying that scripture out to understand what Paul is saying, to understand what they're saying concerning this word, because everything is written, is written by the breath of God, but God used men to write it, but it's his words, it's his breath upon it. So we have to learn to wait on the Lord. We don't give people in and everything. You just don't just come up here and teach and do what you got to do and say you giving them a scripture and you know what the scripture talking about when you ain't been in the word long enough to let it marinate to hear what the spirit has to say and not what your flesh and opinion have to say. So he digested that word. And he began to speak the word forth and he began to get persecuted because of the word. So if people that are really eating the word, digesting the word and speaking forth truth, if you're getting persecuted by your family, if your family don't want you in their house, it's because of what you're carrying. It's because of what you're speaking. They don't want to hear what you have to speak. They don't want to hear what you have to say. So we need to quit speaking out of the flesh and we need to speak according to the spirit. And the only way you're going to do that is to get into the word. Let the word get into you. We have carnally minded Christians. To be carnally minded is to be fleshly minded and that's death. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace according to Romans 8 chapter. When we are in alignment with this word, we don't take everything that the news is saying to heart. We take what the word of God is saying and we live by the word. This is why they got so persecuted in the Bible because they didn't go for in and everything. They went on what God said and they stood on what God said and they did not compromise the word of God. Go look at the book of Daniel. Daniel was a prophet. God gave him understanding. But when it was time to eat from the king's table back then, they could not eat any unclean stuff. So Daniel began to pray. He began to seek the Lord. God gave what? Daniel favor. And they looked better than the ones that ate from the king's table. Why? Because he waited on the Lord. He didn't eat anything. He did what the word of God told him to do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the ones that y'all familiar with. They said, I'm not bowing down to no other God. Why? Because the word of God told them that have no other God before me. Don't worship no other gods. They said, I'm not doing it. So they put them in the furnace, right? They made it seven times as hot. The fire devoured the ones that made it hot. But they went in the furnace and was not even smelling like smoke when they come out. Because God was in the midst of them. What am I saying? They stood for what was right outside of how people perceived them. Daniel went in the lion den because they told him he couldn't pray to his God no more. Daniel got on his knees. He looked towards Jerusalem, which means peace. And he began to do the same thing he always done. He did not give up on God because of what they wanted him to do. We got Christians giving up, saints giving up on God because of what man is telling you, you got to do you got to know who your protector is let's quit trying to justify what we know we're gonna already do if you choose to do it you do it because God give all of us a choice but don't knock nobody else down because they choose not to do it come on saints that's where you are according to the word 
But don't put nobody else down and say they ain't saved because they ain't doing what you're doing. That's why you better know what you're eating. You better know what you're putting in your body naturally. Because everything you put in your body ain't good because the box says good. No, it's not. So you better ask the Holy Spirit about it before you do it because it'll affect you and hurt you more than what man is telling you. Then after it affect you and hurt you, what they say, I done done all I can do. Yes, you did. But it's not their fault because we have a choice. So look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah was explaining about the word and what the word was doing to him when he found the word. But I want to tell you this. When you find the word and when you discover the word, let's look at what else happened. In verse 17, listen to what Jeremiah said because he found the word and he was speaking the word. I never joined the people in their merry feast. I sat alone because your hand was on me. When you find the word, when you discover the word, when you're eating the word, you're not going to sit among people that's not lining up with what you discovered. This is not what Jeremiah said. I'm reading out the New Living Version. It said, I never joined the people in their merry feast. He said, I sat alone because your hand was on me. Come on, he was alone, y'all. Jeremiah was lonely. He sat alone because God's hand, because of the word of God that he was speaking, nobody wanted to be around Jeremiah. Who doesn't want to be around you? Who don't want to be around you because of the word? Come on, and some of us are praying to God, God, I'm so lonely, send me somebody. Lord, I'm always by myself. Nobody don't want to be around me, God. I'd be nice to them, they don't want to be nice to me. I'm going to tell you, some people don't want to be around you because of your mouth. Ain't because of no word. You run your mouth too much. You're trying to overly medicate people with the word. You're trying to do it yourself. People say, well, the word is like a fire on the inside of me. I'm like Jeremiah, set up in my bones and I can't contain it. No, this is just something you got used to doing and you don't know how to shut up. Let's just tell the truth. And that's part of why people don't want to be around you because you always saying, I this and I that. You are nothing without him. You don't have to go in people's houses and over-medicate them because you've been in the word of God. You speak as the Holy Spirit tells you to speak. You don't have to go in there and give them from the front to the back and in the middle. Come on, somebody. People think something wrong with you. If God ain't sending you, shut up. Somebody got quiet on that one. Then he said... I was filled with anger at their sins. So let me tell y'all something. There is no way that you can be in the word of God and have discovered the word. You eat it, you digest it, you begin to speak it, and you can stay around people that's doing all kind of mess and not be spiritually angry. If you're sitting in the midst of a party, because this is what saints are doing now. Saints are hanging out with other saints that say they know Jesus. Having parties. Dancing to worldly music. And they still feel some joy. That's a lie. It ain't coming from God. 
Because ain't no way a saint can sit in the midst of sin and still feel joy. Jeremiah was saying he was angry. He said, I was alone. There's no way you would have to leave. You cannot sit in the midst of that stuff and say, it's okay to do worldly stuff now that you're saved. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. So you don't partake of what the world does. You have to leave. Oh, electric slide. Y'all remember that? Come on, saints. Let's do the electric slide our way. Let's show them. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. This is what saints say folks are doing now. They're joining in with the crowd and they're justifying. And this is one thing. You're supposed to show the characteristics of God. You're supposed to show him to other people. That's why the word says, if they slap you on one side, turn and let them slap you on the other. That's the characteristics of Jesus. Jesus didn't say a word. But you know we only human. Somebody slapped you on one side, you done knocked them out before they slap you on the other, right? You ain't turning no other cheek. They're going to turn the other cheek. Now we even. Revenge. But when you're in the Lord, you're going to bless those who curse you. You're going to love those who what? Hate you. You're going to pray for those who what? That's what we're supposed to be doing. But let's just say all of us ain't got there yet. Let's just be real. We haven't got there yet. And some people saying, you ain't going to stand up there and let nobody slap you. No, my husband ain't. (laughs) Then I'm going to pray for him and I'm going to pray for the one he done jumped on. Now, honey, I know you love me, but you know you shouldn't have done that. Smiley. It ain't on me, God. It's on him. <laughs> well, man, I slapped him because of you. ain't slapped him because of me. You slapped him because you wanted to. What's going on in you? <laughs> then we get in an argument. See what I'm saying? I'm just trying to help you. My daddy can help me. I ain't asked you to stop him. My daddy could have shot him for me. <laughs> Y'all know what we do? Right? But Jeremiah knew he was alone, y'all, because of the word. What am I saying to you? When you really eat the word, when you really digest the word, and you've been meditating on the word, you're not going to sit around any and everything because it will bring anger to you, a spiritual anger. You can't be in the midst of that because that's not who God is. So Jeremiah was reminding God of these things. And then he said, Then he said, why then does my suffering continue? Jeremiah was talking to God from his heart. Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. Come on, have we been there with Jeremiah? We knew the word that we were speaking was nothing but what? Was nothing but what? Truth. Jeremiah knew he was speaking truth. But Jeremiah was feeling some kind of way. He said, because of me speaking truth, he said, I don't have no friends. I'm lonely. I'm being persecuted. God, I don't even go when they have these feasts. So God, if I'm doing everything you're telling me to do, then why all of this stuff is happening to me? Have you ever been in that place? I remember on my job when they demoted me and I went to God and I never understood. I said, God, I always treated people rightly. 
I always tried to help them when they talked against them. I always went to try to get them a raise. And God, all of them turned against me now. What did I do so bad? God, you even gave me illustrations to give them, to help them so they wouldn't get fired. God, I was helping them, and I'm the one that got demoted. And then the girl that I put as a supervisor, that they weren't going to make supervisor, they put her over me. God, what did I do so wrong? Have you ever been that way? What did I do that was so wrong? God, why do you still want me here and these people are doing me so wrong? God, I don't understand. I was like Jeremiah and I never forget. I would go in that bathroom and I would say, God, what do you want from me? I'm doing nobody wrong, but they're doing me wrong. And I heard the same verse, be not weary and well doing. You shall reap if you faint not. I felt like Jeremiah. I felt joy. But when I left out the bathroom and had to go back into the lion's den, that verse didn't mean a hill of beans to me, and I ain't going to lie. It didn't mean nothing to me because it seemed like the persecution, the hate, the jealousy was more than what the verse was. Why? Because I didn't take the verse. I didn't eat the verse. I didn't digest the verse. So that was just a verse of scripture that the Holy Spirit brought that meant nothing. And I'll give you an example. When the children of Israel was in the wilderness, y'all know in the wilderness there's no food. It's dry. It's barren. They had to travel in that wilderness. They had no water. They had no food. So God rained down bread from heaven, which was called manna. And when you look that up in Hebrew, really that manna means, what is this? What is this? But it was bread from heaven. It was what God supplied from heaven. But they didn't know what it was, but they ate it for their nourishment But they didn't know what it was. They didn't know God is giving you his supply from heaven. Jesus is the bread of heaven. He is the bread of life. He is that bread that gives you eternal life that never cease. But they didn't know what they had. So guess what they began to do? They began to mummer and they began to complain. Why? Because they had the mixed multitude with them. By having the mixed multitude with them, they were non-Israelites. But let me tell you what the Lord was telling me. God said those mixed multitude was to let them know, I'm not only coming to save you, I want to save them too. I want to save the ones that's non-Jews as well. I want them to see my signs and I want them to see my wonders. But guess what? The mixed multitude, they didn't know that God was the self-existing God. They didn't know. And also the Israelites didn't know him that well either. They only known him by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They didn't know him by being Jehovah, the self-existing God, by being the one and true and living God. So God had to allow both of them the non-Jews and the Jews to get to know him but the mixed multitude start complaining they said I remember when I was in Egypt I had the melons I had the leeks I had the garlics I had the onions I had the cucumbers I had all of this when I was in Egypt so then the Jews started complaining they didn't want that manna no more better yet They start calling it worthless bread. It was disgusting to them. 
bread from heaven became disgusting, became worthless. Why? Because they were in their feelings, because they were hungry. How many of us, when we're in pain, when we're speaking the word and seem like the pain is still there, we look at the word as being worthless. We look at the word as being nothing. That's how the Israelites took the word of God. And that was the word that was going to keep them. That was the word that was going to sustain them. And they didn't want no more of that worthless bread. It was disgusting to them. This is what happens to us when we're speaking the word over our bodies and seem like nothing has changed. Do you know why nothing has changed? Because you just speaking it. You're not believing that the word of God is true. You're not believing that God has already healed you. See, your healing is in the spirit. And in order for you to grab hold to it in the physical, you have to believe that God is who he say he is. And he has already done what he said he's going to do. So until you digest that word, don't speak something you don't believe. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. So this is what was happening to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was telling God, this is how I feel. And we can go to God and tell him how I feel. And don't you know God is going to come and comfort us through the Holy Spirit? God is going to come and he's going to remind us. And this is what we need during this pandemic. We need some reminding of who we are and what God has already done. And we have to hold on to that instead of holding on to Kova. Kova? over we're holding on to that more than we're holding on to God we're waiting to see what they're going to come up with next do y'all not know they're going to keep coming up and coming up and coming up because that's their way of saving you Jesus have already saved us and if we don't grab hold to what we already have we're going to depend on the things of the earth instead of depending on the things of God. That's why he says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things and all of these things shall be added unto us. This is why the church is in a a war with one another. We have division in the house of God. Why do we have division? Because we have people that are eating We have people that are digesting and we have people that are speaking forth truth. And then we have some people that are taking the word for what they're taking it for. And they're getting mad because you're not agreeing with them. This is why we got the vision in the church. The more you get into this word and the word get into you, you're not settling for any and everything because man say this is what you have to do. God gave all of us a choice. He gave us a tree of life. He gave us a tree of death. If he said, you choose which one you want to eat from. Now, because they chose the wrong one, that did not stop God from loving them. God was still there for them, but they made the wrong choice. So they had to live according to the choice that they made. But God still made a way. Through Jesus. God always makes a way from us, even when we mess up. But when you mess up, we have to suffer those consequences. And it's not because of God that put it on us. We put it on ourselves. because when God said don't, we don't. So Jeremiah, this is what God began to say to Jeremiah in verse 19. This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, do y'all believe that Jeremiah left God? He said, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. 
If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. See, Jeremiah was having a change of heart, y'all, because he was going through so much persecution. Come on, even the pulpit sometimes have a change of heart. Did you, Lord, really call me to this? Come on, we're going to be honest. Because you see so many people grumbling all the time, complaining all the time, fighting one another all the time, getting the truth, but still coming against one another. Come on, I'd be like Jeremiah. God, how much do you want me to take? I got enough going on over here. I got enough going on over there. And then this one, God, come on. What do you want me to do, God? That was how Jeremiah felt. Then he said, you must influence them. Do not let them, oh, influence you. See, that's what the Lord have to encourage me with. Don't let them take you out of where I have you. Come on, that's why I have to spend time with God. Because people will take you out of where God have you because of their mess. Because they ain't taking the time to eat, digest. Now they're trying to cause havoc in the body of Christ. And the ones that is with them is because they haven't taken time to eat. Come on, let's go somewhere. The Israelites were stubborn and they were rebellious. Why? Because they've been in Egypt so long. They've been up under bondage so long. They didn't know what it was like to be really free. They thought... They shouldn't have been going through what they were going through because they were free. I'm telling y'all something, church. You're going to go through. As long as you're here on this earth, you're going to go through something. But the word of God shows you how to get through what you're going through. Don't think stuff ain't going to pop up in your house. But the word of God tells you how to handle what pops up his way and not the world's way. Don't think that your body ain't going to never have pain because it's just a body. That's why you have the spirit of life in you to tell pain back up off of me. God is giving you what you need to handle what comes to your house. But if you're not using the word, you're going to die and what you're going through. The Israelites were so rebellious. Let me tell you something. When a person make up their stubborn mind. Of what they're going to already do. They'll look you dead in your eye. Say okay. I got you. Okay. But in their heart. It's so hard. It has become callous. It has become insensitive. To the things of God. And say I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to show you. That's not God. Because when you rebel against authority. When you rebel against the ones that God has put in authority, that's not God. People cannot tell me, and I'm going to use this one. I woke up the other morning and God gave me insurrection. Oh, it was so plain, just spelled out. I said, God, what are you saying? God began to take me back somewhere and I have to go here. This election between them two. I'm just going to say them too because I bring up them names. I mean, all hell breaks loose. Everything come out of people when you bring up Democrat and Republican. That's not God. God is a God of love. God is not a God of hate. 
Insurrection means basically when you're bucking against authority or government. That means that you're doing things your way and not the way that it should be done, right? That's not God's way. Anytime in the Bible when God sent his spokesman in to do something, the only time they really bucked against something they weren't going to do and they was going to die for it is when it was totally against what the word of God was saying. I want y'all to understand this. God ain't sent nobody to no White House to kill nobody. God don't work that way. I want y'all to hear me. He does not work that way. That's insurrection. He do not fill people's minds up with, we're going to throw them out so we can get in. That's not God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things is prayer. And speaking the truth. They spoke truth. They got locked up for the truth, but they didn't try to kill nobody. Remember when Peter or somebody cut the soldier's ear off? Jesus put it back on. We don't fight that way. This is a spiritual battle. And the battle is in our minds. That's why we have to tear down those walls with truth. We speak truth in love. So Jeremiah was going through, y'all. He was going through some difficult times. And I believe some of us go through some difficult times. But we don't do it the world's way. We do it God's way. We go to God and God begin to encourage us. So God was telling Jeremiah, get back in your place. Do not allow how they're treating you to influence you to turn you away from me. You can't do that. And this is what's happening in the church. We're allowing people to influence us based on how they treat us. And it puts us in a place that we cannot do what God wants us to do. Thank God for the ones that encourage you in the things of the Lord. But we get so stuck on people. We're not looking to the word. We're looking to man. So he said, don't let them influence you. Then he goes back and says, let me find out where I was. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army. Listen to what God said. God told them what they were going to do, didn't he? But I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you. For I am with you to protect you and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. Look at what God told Jeremiah. But he warned him, do not let them influence you. God said, I'm going to be there for you. God is here for us, y'all. Even in the midst of this pandemic, we cannot let people influence us to stop from believing what God has already said. If you focus on this pandemic more than you're focusing on the word of God, you are inviting this COVID-19 to your house. You're saying, come on in, take a seat, because if that's all you're watching 24-7, that's who your God is. Not even that, but anything that you have your mind set on. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. What are you thinking? You got to change your way of thinking. You got to think according to the word. Not according to how you feel or according to what somebody else has said. Spend time eating this word, digesting this word. Then you will begin to speak this word and you're not worrying about who like you or who don't like you. 
people do not like me because I'm not holding back on truth. I'm not going to agree with you if you bring in the world in the church. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. The world don't supposed to be in the church. We supposed to be different. If I'm going to be a part of the world, I don't need to be saved. I supposed to bring change to let them know his kingdom has come. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I'm bringing God's kingdom to the earth. And the only way I can do it is by eating and digesting this word. I don't go outside of this word whether or not people like me or not. We have to tell the truth. Knowing the truth is what makes you free. Then it was Ezekiel. Y'all know Ezekiel. He was a prophet. He was a spokesman. And in Ezekiel 2, 7, and he said, and you shall speak my words to them, whether they will hear, listen, or refuse to hear, for they are most rebellious. God already knew that was rebellious. He said, but just because they were rebellious, I still want you to speak the word, whether they want to hear or not. See, some of us hold back on the word to give it to people because we don't want to deal with that rebellious person. That's when you need to deal with them. According to the word, as for you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Listen at this. Pay attention. This is what I've been teaching in Clem. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying, according to Proverbs chapter 4. Didn't he say this? Pay attention. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? Because they are life unto what? Who? Who find them and help to all. That's why we got to pay attention to his words. So he told Ezekiel. And for you son of man. Hear what I say to you. Who do we supposed to be hearing? God. We supposed to be hearing what God is saying. Not what man is saying. And then he goes on to say. To you be not rebellious. Like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. So what God is saying. He don't want us to be rebellious. And in order not to be rebellious, we have to eat this word. Because if we don't eat this word and digest it the way we need to, we speaking out of rebellion. We're not speaking out of the heart of God. But listen what he said in, in 3, Ezekiel 3, 1. He said to me, son of man, eat what you find in this book. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. What did he say? I want you to eat this first. I want you to eat it. I want you to digest it, then speak it. Wow. We're speaking stuff that's not true because we're going on what we heard instead of going into the word of God ourselves and say, God, what are you saying? God, because God will give you a check in your spirit. If you hear something and it's not lining up, you'll be like, something is off. God, what do you want me to do about this? God, what are you, what are you really saying, God, to your people? God will let you know. So he told Ezekiel, speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. And he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and then it was as sweet as honey. In my mouth. So God wants us to eat this word. He wants us to digest this word. So we'll be able to speak forth. What God has to say. And not what we want to say. Amen. 
Then there's another one in Revelation. Y'all know John. I'm giving you this word because I want to make sure you eat it, digest it, and then go out and speak it. Revelations 10, 9 through 11, and I'm almost finished. This is John. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the small scroll. And he said to me, take the scroll and eat it. Here we go. So he was telling him to eat it. It would be sour, bitter in your stomach. The reason why it would be bitter in the stomach, because it was bringing judgment. And then he said, but in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. And that's because God's word brings vindication to his people. And then it goes on to say, so I took the small scroll from the angel's hand. I ate it in my mouth. It tasted sweet as honey. But after I ate it, it was sour, bitter in my stomach. Then I was told you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. So what God was telling him, I want you to prophesy this word. I want you to speak forth this word. It's going to be bitter. It's going to be sour in your stomach because it's bringing judgment. But in your mouth, it's going to be sweet as honey. I'm here to tell y'all, let's quit going into the word and just reading it. You got to study this word. You got to know what God is saying. You just don't give anybody anything and just talk about it. I'm tired of people talking about it. I want people to live what they have meditated on. If you truly have meditated on this word and got this word in you, nobody has to tell you how to live. Your life is going to speak for you. You're not going to have a problem with communicating with people according to the word. You're not going to run from people. You're going to speak forth truth. You're going to tell people what the word is saying. And if they don't receive it, you've done what God said. You don't have to say nothing else. One thing my grandfather did when he gave you the word, he said nothing else. He didn't debate with you. He laid it down and he went about his business because he'd done what God told him to do. And those words did come to pass. So quit trying to get people to believe you. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about his word. And God will bring his word to pass. Just wait on it. Amen. So we see these people, they had to eat the word. They had to digest the word, and then they had to speak forth the word of God, the word of life. So hold on to his word. Let go of everything and everybody around you who's trying to stop you, who's trying to influence you, who's trying to make you feel as if the word of God does not work. Y'all, I'm telling you, the word of God does work. Me and my husband are living examples that the word of God does work. We've been persecuted, we've been hated, we've been lied on, but you know what? I just stood still and I said, I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. I don't have to prove myself because I know the truth and the truth is what has already made me free. And you're not putting me in bondage. So every lie you told is coming back on you. It's not coming back on me. So I begin to rejoice. Again, I say I begin to rejoice because guess what? God is being glorified. You see the glory, but you don't know our story. You don't know how we had to stand in the midst of persecution. You don't know how when the money was looking funny, acting funny, how we just had to give God glory for what we had. So I'm telling you, the word works. Why? Because we eat it. We have digested it. And when we begin to speak it, guess what? God don't miss his target, y'all. That's why you spend time with him and you say, God, what do you want me to do about this? I only want to say what you say so I can do what you do. 
And I can't say anything until I know what you want me to do in the midst of this situation. Y'all, God will speak if we take the time to hear him. Even the little simple things. I was walking by my cell phone this morning, and I always have a problem with putting it down on this little charger for it to charge. When I walked past it this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit say, check your phone. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, maybe somebody texts me. No, the Holy Spirit was letting me know it didn't charge. So, see, you got to be able to have an ear. And I look, it hadn't charged all night. See, that's something that I give God glory for. Because it takes obedience to do what God is saying, even with the little things. How can God trust you with big things when you're not even hearing him in the little things? When he say, don't go nowhere today. Stay home. Well, I've been in this house all day. I'm lonely. I'm going out somewhere. And you go out and you get in an accident, but God told you not to go. Now you're asking God, why did you allow me to get into the accident? Why didn't you tell me? I did tell you. You're disobedient. You want to do things your way. The more time you spend with God, the more you will see things more clearly and the more you will see people for who they really are. I have learned the more a person talk, the more they can influence you to do something that ain't right. And you think it's right, but guess what? My ears are always open. Y'all, when it comes to what God has put in my hands, money, I'm going to be faithful over it. I don't care if you talk a good game and say you're the best painter, you're the best plumber, you're the best at the best, the best. I don't care what you say. I'm going to ask my father, what do you say? Well, I'm sorry, I don't need your help. And God will let you know why. You can't go on people because they're talking a good game. You have to go on the spirit and hear what he has to say because you want to be faithful with everything that God puts in your hands. Don't grab everything because it's cheap. Every cheap thing don't work all the time. Sometimes you got to pay money for it for it to last, people. Check it out. Me and y'all know, go buy a suit. And that suit, $50. See what happened to that suit two days later. Can't get the wrinkles out of it. People know that's the same suit. This is a different jacket because them pants stay wrinkled all the time. <laughs> You're trying to get out cheap, but cheap don't last all the time. Your daddy owned what? A thousand cattle? What? Cattle on a thousand hills. So, Father, I thank you that I can afford this expensive suit. People going to know. You're not boasting or bragging, but God give you what you need to get the best. But he can take cheap while you in cheap to bring glory to it. But quit being cheap. I'm telling you, it's God truth. Quit being cheap because you can be. That's, that's living poorly. God brought you out of that. He sure did. Come on, when God bring me out of a place, I want that right there. Didn't even look at the price tag because God's brought me out. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Get up to the get up to the county, as Daddy say. You get up there and you be like, "Ain't no more on this off." Can you give me something else? You ain't got me another certificate. Surely you got something behind that counter. This is just outrageous. And then you look at them. You know God is good. You know Jesus. And they probably look at you saying, I know he ain't poor. 
This is what we do. We live cheaply and then we say, God is really blessing me to live cheaply all the time. Come on, he wants you to quit sharing a tea. Give me two glasses. Bring us a refill. Come on, let's be for real. You could have done that when you didn't have nothing. But now that you got something, quit getting two glasses. Somebody mad right now. I'm going back to where I started. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want a lack. He didn't tell you to do that every time you hit every restaurant. No, he did not. And he didn't tell you to do this either. Let me see how much that is. We get two for two today. But we only getting one. Can we get the same price for a different price for that price? It's time to come out of that place. When you're eating the word. When you have digested the word. I was listening to one apostle teachings that she only had $5 and God told her to sit down and eat. She sat down and ate too. And it was more than, it was less than $5, but somebody had paid for it, right? But look at there. She didn't worry about the $5 she went in there with. She trusted God. When are we as the church going to trust God with what we have? Now, God will tell you how much to offer a person. Don't get me wrong. But come on, y'all. If you're going in a restaurant, look at the name of the restaurant. Check your little menu before you go in. Check your prices so we don't have to sit there while you look at everything to get the cheapest thing on the menu. Come on, we be hungry. By then, somebody said, Miss Deborah said, Pastor, I'll pay for it. Just get it. That's what I wanted. Thank you. The Lord blessed me today through Sister Deborah. Sister Deborah was hungry. Eat it. Let it digest and speak forth truth. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. God is good and his mercy endured forever. Amen. And I want to say, I want to thank everybody who 